Hello, welcome to Cherry Beckert's GovCon podcast, where we discuss current government contracting trends, compliance matters, and best practices to guide federal contractors forward. My name is Eric Poppy. I'm a director with Cherry Beckert in our government contract services group. And with me today, with me today is Neil Bagan, a principal in our risk advisory practice. And today, you know, Neil, we are we've done these podcasts now over the last couple of years, and we're back again talking about CMMC. Welcome. <laughs> Thanks for joining me. Uh, thanks for having me. CMC never gets old, huh, Pop? <laughs> no, it does not. So, you know, let's just start with there. Start with that. You know, it's it's mid-August right now. And where are we with CMMC 2.0? You know, what's new? Oh, well, yeah, obviously we uh, we did the last podcast to introduce CMMC 2.0, but uh, even since that last podcast, there's been a lot. I mean, where where would you even like to begin today? <laughs> How about we just start with the uh, CMMC accreditation body? Because I know there was some uh, drama over there last time we spoke. Oh yeah, well um, they're actually no longer called the CMMC accreditation body, which is which is um, the the biggest news that's happened in the last couple of months. They've actually switched their name. They're now what's called the Cyber AB. Um, they do have a new website. It's cyberab.org. If you remember from past uh, podcasts, they they are setting up as a five hundred one c three not-for-profit, so cyberab.org. Um, brand new website, brand new logo. Uh, quite frankly, one of the best things that I've seen, it, it continues to be a great resource. So by all means, um, in addition to this wonderful podcast series that you and I have been doing for well over, like you said, at least over a year, maybe two at this point, um, great source of information uh, to kind of start with there on their, on their website. And the fact that it's new, it's much more functional. Um, probably one of the biggest improvements I saw was their new marketplace. So if you recall, the marketplace is where you can identify individuals and organizations that have the proper credentials in order to do this work. Um, you can think of things like uh, the RPOs and the uh, C3PAOs, the um, Certified Third-Party Assessment Organizations, among others. Very cool. Um, you know, speaking of acronyms, what is this CAP that I keep hearing about? Yeah, yeah needed another one, right? CAP. Uh, CAP cap. So the AB uh, released what they call a pre-decisional draft of the cap, which stands for the CMMC assessment process. This is, you know, somewhat synonymous with an audit guide for for folks like you and I that that have been around this world for a long time. It, it's really critical to the CMMC program overall uh, because it lays out how these third-party assessment organizations, again, these C3PAOs will prepare for and conduct assessments of defense contractors. So when you hear about these assessments for certifications and so forth, this is kind of the guiding uh, document. Um, and this, it was developed by not only the AB, but in conjunction with the DOD themselves. Um, and again, being that it's what's called a pre-decisional draft, they are actually accepting comments on the cap um, through later this month. I think it's through August 25th, if I'm not mistaken. So it's still some time to get some, some uh, thoughts in there. Well, do you have any initial thoughts after um, looking through it? <laughs> I do. Uh, and so forgive the chuckle. I know pretty much every question you and I have had so far, it's garnered a chuckle. But um, yeah, I definitely have some <laughs> initial thoughts. I know we we try and keep these uh, podcasts into you know more um, you know digestible sound bites than uh, than than diatribes, and and uh, certainly could probably do one just on on the cap. But being that it is that um, you know kind of interim step that pre-decisional draft. I'll save us some time on this podcast and just say, I, like many others that that um, have provided comments back, 
there are certain things missing, um, you know, that that we were hoping to see. Uh, some of the appendices weren't weren't cross-referenced correctly or just were non-existent. I think there's some more information that's needed around the whole of what's called POAMs, the plan of action milestones. If you recall, you know, the the one of the major changes when we went from CMMC 1.0 to 2.0 was really the allowance of um, POAMs. And these are again would be gaps that would be found during your assessment that if determined by the C3PAO uh, were were able and, sh and, and could be uh, remediated, then you were allowed to have open items on your POEM as a result of these assessments for certification. And again, that was one of the bigger changes because if you recall, when CMMC first uh, made its way into the world, all you heard about was it's pass fail, it's pass fail. And that created a lot of confusion, quite frankly, even on our side as the auditors and uh, helping people prepare for audits um, to have a completely pass fail. Uh, but they've 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 allowed for judgment from the C3PAO. But I think everybody was kind of hoping for a little bit more uh, color around um, the actual information needed for POAMs. What is allowable? What isn't? How much uh, is allowable uh, to be remediated um, versus not? And then tied to you know uh, distinct timelines and so forth. So that would be one. Um, the other thing, and this is completely relevant even to uh, somebody like Cherry Becker, who is in the process of becoming a C3PAO, is what's called FedRAMP equivalency. Uh, so FedRAMP um, is a uh, another standard that is typically for cloud service providers, CSPs, staying with the acronyms here for a second, um, that, that um, store um, handle and or if you process uh, government data in the cloud, uh, oftentimes FedRAMP certification is needed depending on the type of data that, that is uh, needing to be protected up in these clouds. And so that is actually done under the larger NIST standard than CMMC. So if you recall CMMC and its predecessors, 7012 um, being probably the most prominent, were all uh, are all based around NIST 800-171. Well, NIST 800-171 is an offshoot of the larger standard, which is called NIST 800-53. Um, that one is currently in revision five and has um, you know, governed this FedRAMP uh, certification process for a long time. The reason it's important is because they are um, requiring FedRAMP equivalency. So either uh, you have your um, uh, data that would be CUI in your, your CMMC environment in a FedRAMP certified cloud, or you have to be able to demonstrate what's called equivalency through um, another acronym here, BOE, body of evidence. And one of the interesting things to tie it back to the, the cap, and you'd ask me about my initial thoughts, is that we now know that uh, this FedRAMP equivalency will not only be required for, for CSPs in the cloud, but really for any service providers that touch your CUI. So if you think about how many folks use MSPs or MSSPs, so these would be a managed service provider or a managed security service provider, again, MSP or MSSP, if that organization, which would be external to yours, um, has the ability to, even if they don't actively do anything with it, but if they have the ability to access that CUI, which again uh, has, has been the intent from the beginning of CMC to protect that CUI data, then they are the, then in scope and uh, must demonstrate FedRAMP equivalency on their side as well if they are not operating uh, in, a, in a FedRAMP certified cloud. So that was that was a big takeaway and, and one that is going to affect a lot of companies. Uh, FedRAMP's been around for over a decade at this point, um, but there haven't been 
gobs of people get through that certification process is a very lengthy one. And therefore there's, but only so many FedRAMP certified clouds currently in existence. And if you do the math with how many FedRAMP certified clouds there are versus the, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of companies that make up the div that are ultimately are gonna have to comply with CMMC, this, that ruling about FedRAMP equivalency is gonna um, have an impact on, on uh, many of those folks that are just using MSPs, for example. So it, it, it's funny that you talk about the potential administrative burden with some of this and the FedRAMP certification, and, and and it makes me think back to some recent guidance that just came out that the um, the DOD um, has you know a mentor protege program and it's a pilot program that's been going on for 30 years. Well, they're thinking about making it permanent, and the Defense Business Board is recommending it become burden or permanent. But one of their big worries was just the administrative burden and CMMC was called out specifically on small businesses. So, you know, it sounds like that's it, that's not going to get any easier between that and some of the telecommunication rules that are out there as well. So that's going to be interesting. But, you know, one question I have is, am I hearing it right that assessments are starting up? Uh, yes. Now, to be clear, um, these are voluntary assessments and the reason why they're considered voluntary if you recall and we touched on it today we touched on it on other podcasts um the cmmc the final rule is not even projected uh, to, to go final until the spring of 2023 and you and anybody else that that's been in and around the cmmc space for the last couple of years uh would probably be wise not to bet that it's going to be you know early spring uh, just meaning historically things tend to move to the right uh in all aspects all aspects of life but certainly um the cmmc being no different I think it'd be pretty aggressive to think that that it's going to go final in March of next year, but who knows? Maybe we'll be pleasantly surprised. In the meantime, though, um, they've started what what the Defense Department has called a quote unquote joint surveillance program. So these again are voluntary assessments for folks that want to get out ahead of the curve. Um, these will be conducted not only by the C3PAOs that have already been certified. Um, but it's kind of that joint surveillance, that word joint is really it's when, when conducting the evaluations of C3PAOs, uh, they'll be kind of linked to or overseen by the DOD's Defense Industrial Based Cybersecurity Assessment Center, uh, otherwise known as DIBCAC. So many folks have heard about DIBCAC reviews. It's what we as potential C3PAOs will undergo ourselves in order to get our certification to be a C3PAO. Other defense contractors have undergone uh, their own DIBCAC reviews. Um, prior to CMMC um, um, becoming what it is now, 2.0 and final rule and so forth. So now they will use that cap um, and really give it a dry run um, and have things overseen by the DIPCAC auditors. Um, and recently, the, the, the leader of CMMCAB, uh, excuse me, the CyberAB, see I'm still saying it wrong, the leader of the CyberAB, Matt Travis, um, said that the DOT has communicated the companies who pass these assessments, these voluntary assessments, um, during this phase, they will receive um, their own CMMC level two accreditation once the requirement becomes effective. So again, these are voluntary assessments that can start. Actually, it's projected that they're going to start this month in August um, and they will start. And if you are successful in passing these joint surveillance program, you know, voluntary, voluntary assessments, um, then you would be issued your level two, you know, accreditation as soon as the, the rule um, uh, is switched over to final. And currently, if you look at, again, that same marketplace that I mentioned at the top of the call on the Cyber AB's website um, to identify you know, different groups, they currently have 19 um, uh, C3PAOs 
that have been certified, have gone through their own DIBCAC review and have been certified in order to conduct assessments. So they would be the ones leading these initial uh, voluntary assessments. You know, it, it's funny, probably always makes me think about, you know, CMMC, as we've talked about on this podcast series, we talked about at the top of the call, kind of making jokes about it's always in the news. It does get a lot of attention. Um, and some of it warranted and some of it because of, of the stories behind it and, and kind of some of the drama that's unfolded over the last couple of years has, has um, you know, prompted a lot of that attention. But let's not forget about the existing cybersecurity requirements that that contractors are already supposed to adhere to, right? You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, you, you still have the DFARS clause 252-204-7012, safeguarding covered defense, uh, defense information and cyber incident reporting, which, you know, that clause has some teeth to it. It outlines that you need to have the system security plan, discusses how you need to have the uh, POA, the plan of action, um, you know, actually has some teeth to it that says that contracting officers um, could potentially, you know, there there are some consequences for a contractor if they, if they face these non-compliances with these cybersecurity requirements, which part of the, some of those teeth could be the False Claims Act. And um, which it's so, it's it's funny, like, there's definitely um, a lot of attention and spotlight to CMMC, but I, I feel like contractors can't forget about what's already in their contracts. But, right. um, you know, as we wrap things up, what do you see next coming in um, for CMMC 2.0? Yeah, that's a great, great um, final question. And let's not forget about breach notification too, right? So yep. you're talking about existing requirements and, and certainly paying attention to those, adhering to those standards that you're required to um, recognizing that they are um, kind of self-certifying still at this point and reporting in and recording scores um, in the uh, SPURS system, the SPRS system um, still needs to happen. Um, CMMC 2.0, getting back to your, your last question there, what I think is going to happen is these volunteer assessments, let's be honest, everybody's, you know, chomping at the bit to get out of the gate. And this is both from the, the DIB side as well as the C3PO side, um, because this thing has been such a long time coming. And, you know, if you think about it, we were supposed to have a provisional program almost two years ago, um, or at least a year ago. I don't know. My my, uh, my time is not great anymore after COVID, like many people, but uh, <laughs> definitely, a long, definitely a long time ago. Um, and so here we are at these volunteer assessments. And I think you're going to see a lot of comments come back on the cap because, again, you have people that have been waiting for that document for well over a year as well and are um, going to do their best to uh, provide commentary, a.k.a. rip it to shreds, because that's what you get a bunch of auditors and you ask them to audit something, be it a, a document like this or an audit program or anything else. That's what they're going to do. Um, so I do expect to see some improvements in the cap. I also think as these assessments unfold, these voluntary assessments, that there will be kind of real time and real world feedback as a result of not only the C3PO's conducting them, but conducting them in conjunction with the DIBCAC auditors. Um, and so I think a lot of feedback will, will come as a result of that. And then everybody's just going to be marching towards, uh, you know, this final rule and keeping an eye on that. Um, and as things start to take shape, I think you will see an explosion in the amount of individuals from the audit standpoint, from the C3PO sides, that will start undergoing training. Um, a lot of people have been waiting for training programs. Those two had been pushed to the right considerably. And so far, 
push to the right that people say, you know what, I don't know if I'm going to spend money on this right now. I don't know if this is really going to end up amounting to what it is. As you know, we've talked about on the podcast that certainly is coming and may take a little longer than what people thought, but it's definitely not going away. And there's good reason for that. So I think you're going to see a couple of things. I think you're going to see a lot of um, information and feedback from the voluntary, assess voluntary assessments uh, that will benefit all parties. I think that will result in changes to the cap. Um, this uh, assessment process guide. Um, and then I think you're going to start seeing an explosion in the amount of folks uh, interested in becoming certified at the individual and then at their organization level uh, to become uh, the actual assessors as well as the organizations becoming C3POs um, so that they are able to hit the ground running when the rule goes final. Um, wow. A lot still to come. So we, <laughs> we will certainly uh, have another podcast after uh, the cap is released in final and, and probably makes sense at that point to unpack it a little bit more just on, on a single podcast. And, and then, you know what, we'll wait to see what happens in spring 2023 as well and see <laughs> if this actually comes out in the spring or if it's going to be pushed back even further. Right. That's exactly uh, right. So, well, Neil, I want to thank you for your time today. I think that's about the, um, the time that we have allotted for this podcast. So appreciate everything. Absolutely. And thank you for having me. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in, and please um, follow the podcast uh, and uh, listen in for the next uh, set of topics that are coming out and on updates on CMMC. Thank you.